Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. Now, this week I've been praying and I felt led by the Holy Spirit to preach today what I call a standalone message. All right? Uh, somebody said, uh-oh, you know where I'm going with this. Okay. All right. I get the opportunity to do this every now and then. But the title of today's message is this, Walk on Water. Walk on Water. Do me a favor. Look to somebody next to you. I want you to ask them the question, would you walk on water to follow Jesus? Would you walk on water to follow Jesus? I want you to think about it. So, all right, let's have some fun with this. Raise your hands high if you believe you would have been like Peter, getting out of that boat, trying to walk on water in the middle of a storm to follow Jesus. Raise your hand really high. All right, all right. Liars, put your hands down. <laughs> There'll be a time at the end where you can come to the stage and repent. I'm just playing with you. All right, but let's be honest. Most of us are like, I can't believe he said that. Um, let's be honest. Most of us are like the other disciples, right? Raise your hands high if you would have been like them. Staying in the boat and being like, all right, Peter. Peter, you go ahead. I'll be behind you. I got your back, all right? Knowing good and well, you just want to see if Peter's going to die. <laughs> like if he's going to drown, if he's going to make it to Jesus or not. Because if you know the story, you know that the disciples didn't even know if it was Jesus yet. They said possibly it was a ghost. They didn't know what was going on. And so they watched Peter walk out of the water and go towards Jesus. Because for a time, he was focused on Jesus before he got focused on other things around him, Right? So the question I want you to ask yourself today, the reason for this sermon is this, is, is how do you keep your focus on Jesus and keep walking on water, doing the impossible when you feel like you're going through a storm? When you feel like you're going through some trials that you didn't expect and now you're looking at the sky saying, God, hey, hey remember that promise? Where are you? Like, what am I supposed to do right now? Let me just give you a few examples. How do you keep faithfully serving Jesus and give to the Lord, believing that he will provide when financially your business is about to tank. When financially it doesn't look good in your home life and the economy is getting worse, how do you faithfully keep giving to the Lord, believing that he will provide even though your circumstances don't look good? Or maybe, how do you faithfully keep serving when somebody has hurt your feelings? When somebody said something about you that you didn't like, and now you're realizing that even people in the church are not perfect people. The question you need to ask yourself is this, are you committed to God or are you committed to people, right? Because when you're committed to God, you're overlooking the offenses of what people say and how they try to condemn you or what they said about you. It doesn't matter because you are focused on Jesus and you're going to keep spreading the message of Jesus, right? But it's still hard to do when somebody hurts your feelings, says something about you. You don't like it. It doesn't feel good. Or how do you keep your focus on Jesus and keep following him when you don't even know if he's hearing you? When you're praying over and over again, and it feels like he's not giving you the answers that you need right now, and you feel like everybody in your life has left you, and you feel completely alone. So how do you keep focusing on Jesus in the middle of a storm, because somehow we got this misinterpretation, and it's been preached many times, that if you follow Jesus, you'll never go through a storm. Lies. Okay, I'm just telling you right now, that's wrong. Okay, it sounds nice, it sounds good, but it's not biblical. Because even Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into places he did not want to go to. Let me just show you a few examples. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus was led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And oh, by the way, for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted, so he became very, very hungry. That sounds like a good time. 
right? That sounds like something you would just want to do on your own. No, Jesus was led by the Spirit to do something he did not want to do. Let me give you another example. In Luke chapter 18, verses 31 through 33, then Jesus talked to the 12 apostles alone, and he said to them, listen, we are going to go to Jerusalem, and everything that God told the prophets to write about the Son of Man will happen. We'll be adored. People will love us, so give us gifts. Is that what he said? I mean, they're following Jesus. Why not? <laughs> now, Jesus said this. Hey, by the way, we're going to go to Jerusalem together, so get your stuff ready. We'll be handed over to the foreigners, or I will, who will laugh at him and spit on him. They'll beat him, they'll whip him, and then they'll kill him. But he said, but don't worry, on the third day of his death, he will rise to life again. Imagine the disciples hearing that, like, we're going to go where? We're going to do what? And you're going you're to raise? Somehow the disciples never understood or never heard clearly that he would raise from the dead. Over and over again, Jesus would tell them this, listen, this is the Father's will, following the Spirit of God. This is what must be done, even though it's hard and it seems like a storm you do not want to go into. So Jesus is showing us by example that sometimes you're meant to walk through a storm. Sometimes you're meant to go through a storm that you don't understand. And you may be saying, but pastor, what can I really learn from a storm? What good can come out of a storm for my life? And so here's what I want to do today. I want to share with you three points that we can learn from Peter walking on water and how to keep focus on Jesus no matter what storm is in your life today. So if you have your Bibles, you could turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 will be in verses 22 through 33. And I want to show you how this storm led to a very powerful miracle. But listen, it's not the miracle you think I'm talking about. There's another miracle a lot of people miss that's actually the biggest miracle that took place when Peter actually walked on water to follow Jesus. So I want to read the entire story, and then I'm going to break it down for us, okay? So Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. Immediately he, talking about Jesus, directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, the Sea of Galilee, while he sent the crowds away. After he dismissed the crowds, then Jesus went up upon a mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was already a long distance from the land, being what? Tossed and battered by the waves, for the wind was against him. And in the fourth watch of the night, meaning three o'clock to 6 a.m., that's when Jesus showed up. Three to 6 a.m., Jesus shows up, but he's walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, ah, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter replied to him, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on water and came towards Jesus. And when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened. When he stopped focusing on Jesus and instead focused on the circumstances around him, the scary wind, then he started to sink. And he began to say, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus extended his hand and caught him saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? In my mind, I wonder if Peter was like me of little faith. Like, I'm the only one that got out of the boat. Nobody else came out. What do you mean, little faith? He said, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, listen to this, the wind 
ceased. So the first lesson we can learn from this story today is this. Point number one, sometimes God is going to lead you into a storm to accomplish a greater good. Sometimes God is actually going to lead you into a storm you don't want to go through to accomplish a greater good in the end. Let me ask you this question. Why did the disciples get in the boat in the first place? Did they decide to do it on their own? Did they say, hey, here's a good idea. Let's go ahead and get in the boat. Jesus seems a little busy right now. We'll go across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus, we'll just meet you later. No, whose idea was it for them to get inside the boat? Jesus. Jesus told them to get in the boat and go across the Sea of Galilee. But here's something we miss. Jesus also didn't give them the choice. Jesus made a command. He said, no, all of you, you don't have a choice. I want you in that boat and I want you going across the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus knew that that storm was coming. Let me show you. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says it like this. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go. The King James version states it like this. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Constrained means he forced them to go. Why would Jesus tell them to do this? When he knew a storm was coming, when he knew that they would be scared and afraid, why would Jesus send them somewhere they didn't want to go? Because they only understood half the lesson of faith. I'm going to show you something. This is really cool. They only understood at this point half the lesson of faith. You want to know something? This is not the first time they encountered a storm with Jesus. This is the second. Let me show you the first time. It's actually in Mark chapter four, verse 35 through 41. And it says this, on the same day, When evening had come, he said to them again, let us cross over to the other side, the Sea of Galilee. Now, when they had left the multitude, just like this situation right here, but in this case, they took him along the boat as he was. So Jesus went with them and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And he, but he was in a stern, asleep on a pillow. Jesus was asleep while all this was going on. The storm is hitting the boat. Jesus is asleep calmly. And so they awoke him and said to him, teacher, what did they call him? Teacher. They called him rabbi. They said, teacher, rabbi, why is this happening to us? Listen to their wording though, okay? They called him rabbi and then they said, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care what is happening to us right now? Do you not care about me? How many times? Have we said that to God? Over and over again, God, do you not care about me or my situation? I'm praying to you over and over again, but I just don't believe that you're here anymore because I'm not seeing the results that I'm praying for. God, do you care about me? Never allow fear to lie to you and make you believe that God no longer cares about you because that's what fear will do. When you start to believe fear in your life, everything's going to fall apart and you get this anxiety and this stress and God, I got to take things in my control because you're not doing it fast enough. Pretty much you're saying, God, I don't trust you. You're not in my situation and you can't handle what I'm handling. So I'll just handle it myself. And then how's it go? How's that work out for you? Every time a mistake Things get more messed up. You said something you wish you hadn't said, and now you have all these mistakes in your life, and then that's when you run back to God, usually saying, God, I should have listened. 
I should have waited. I shouldn't have jumped into that relationship or I shouldn't have taken that opportunity without praying to you first. I was just afraid. When you are afraid and you allow fear to control you, you will always rush God. Because you want the answer now. Because you're being led by fear instead of the spirit of God. The spirit of God came to set you free from fear. There should be no fear. Now, you're going you're gonna to face fear, okay, because we're human. But when you see it, you also know, God, I know you're in control. This is scary. That's big. But you've taken down giants before. You parted to see before, God, I know that you can do this in my life. When you have spoken it, I know that it will come to pass. I will keep walking by faith. So they said to Jesus, they said to him, teacher, why do you not care that we're perishing right now? What did he do? I love that Jesus just got up. He didn't even say anything yet. He just arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. I kind of wonder, you know, they were trying to put Jesus in his place. Like, Jesus, do you not care about us? And I kind of wonder if Jesus just got up and looked at them the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of did that walk. Peace, be still. And just looked at them and they're like, oh, okay, what's, what's going on? Showing his authority that when Jesus speaks peace into any situation, it happens. He commands peace when he speaks, that even the world has to obey his command. Demons have to obey his command. So peace comes from the authority of Christ only. And it says, when the wind ceased, there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? Right? How is it that you still have no faith? And here Jesus said, you have no faith. You're being led completely by fear, not by faith. And so they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? What did the disciples learn through the first storm? They learned that peace does not come from the absence of a storm, but it comes from the authority of Christ. Peace does not come from a perfect life. Peace does not come from a perfect job perfect finances, perfect relationship on the outside, perfect all these things that we think will make us complete and satisfied. But even if you have these things, sometimes you wake up saying, there's gotta be more. I'm still not fulfilled and I don't understand why. You know, it's crazy. I see people reach goals that they've had for years and there's almost a little depression that hits them because as soon as they reach that goal, it's not what they thought it would be. It's there, it's good, it's a blessing, but it just doesn't satisfy it doesn't fulfill because once you reach a goal, guess what? You automatically have another goal and then you have another goal again. And so you're constantly trying to race and reach all these goals in your life that still never satisfies. So peace does not come from no storms in your life or no trials, a perfect life. Peace comes from the authority of Christ speaking over your life. And again, God, God I, I don't understand why I'm going through this. Can you please help me? And God will speak peace over your heart. Sometimes like a whisper, he'll say, be still, be calm. And even though everything is still as it was, there's something from above that's giving you peace right now because you know the presence of God is with you. And the truth is, let me share this with you. You can be doing exactly what Jesus told you to do and still encounter a storm. You could be doing exactly what Jesus told you to do and still encounter a storm. But here's my encouragement. It doesn't mean, okay, that you're going the wrong direction. And it also doesn't mean that you're being punished by God. 
It just means that God is trying to teach you something important before you get to the place you're supposed to be at. God is allowing you to go through this storm right now to feel these feelings so that you can understand a revelation in your life that you need to learn before you get to that point. So here's what the disciples thought they understood. They thought, okay, times get hard. I'll just go wake up Jesus. He'll calm the storm. Right there, right? Because he's right beside us. He can do it immediately. How many of you know that God doesn't always work that way? Sometimes God lets you sit in the storm a little longer than you wanted to. Sometimes God allows that storm to continue for months. Sometimes it's even years in your life, right? God will allow you to sit, and sometimes you're praying to the Lord, God, will you just please end it and take it away like you did before? And it seems hard to hear his voice. See, they knew when Jesus was physically beside him, they could wake him up, and he would just calm the storm and the waves. But they would quickly find out, listen, that even when you feel like you can't see God, God is always seeing you. Even when you feel like God is not there, God is always there in your situation. In fact, he brings victory in whatever trial, every storm that you're going through. But the question is, do you believe it? Are you led by fear? Or are you led by faith? It makes a huge difference. You just need to understand, God will allow you to go through some storms in your life to accomplish a greater good in the end. Point number two is this, though. God's ultimate goal for your life is not your comfort, sadly. I wish it was. But God's ultimate goal for your life is not your comfort, but instead, it's your character. God will also allow a storm for your life to develop your character and develop your faith to make you stronger, to make you more mature. Because guess what? No matter what you're going through in life, there's going to be some type of storm. There's physical storms right? There's relational storms. There's mental storms that you're going to go through. And each time you're going to have to call out the name of Jesus in order to get through that storm. God is developing your character for the future to show you that he is always there no matter what you're dealing with. Matthew chapter 14, verse 24 through 27. I want to show you this. It says, but the boat by this time was already a long distance from the land. And tossed and battered by the waves. So the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, we just underline that in your Bibles. The fourth watch of the night, three to 6 a.m., then Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, again, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Pay attention to when Jesus showed up. When did he show up? Before the storm? In the middle of the storm? Jesus showed up at the very end, right before dawn. Verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, three to 6 a.m. This means Jesus let them sit in the storm all night long. Being afraid, being scared, asking questions. Where is he this time? Last time he was with us. Every time we go across this sea, something happens. Why does he keep leading me here? You ever ask that? God, how come you keep leading me here? Every time I get to this point, it just doesn't seem to go good. It doesn't seem to go right. It doesn't seem to go the way I want it to go. But again, God's ways are higher than our ways. And it will teach you a lesson through a storm in life that you don't even want to go through. They didn't know where Jesus was to make it stop. 
Here's what we do. We cry out to the Lord saying, God, make it stop. God, make it stop now. I don't like how this feels right now. I don't like that I feel lost. I don't like that I feel hopeless right now. Aren't you supposed to be my God? Aren't you supposed to be here right now answering my prayer, helping me? This hurts. God, make it stop. What do you do when God doesn't make it stop right away? How do you feel? I remember feeling these feelings in a hospital when Gabriella was born. Because again, she couldn't breathe. Um, the doctors had just told us that she would have to have a tracheostomy. And, and I, I'm praying to the Lord. I'm asking God, God, you want a hole in her throat? Like, I'm not going to be able to hear her voice. The doctors didn't even promise us that the trach would be able to come out. God, you're allowing us to go through all this. You promised us the baby girl, but now she's come. She's beautiful. But how come we're going through these trials right now? God, I want you to make it stop. For your life right now, maybe there's been a loved one who was sick. And you prayed for healing, but you didn't see that healing. Or you didn't get that miracle right away. Or maybe right now in your own life, you're struggling right now in your work or your relationship in your marriage. And you're praying to God, God, I just want that healing. Make it stop now. You're my God, right? Make it stop. But yet it's still not stopping. And I remember being in that hospital, my wife and I just praying and praying and praying. Please, God, make it stop. Make her healed. I know you can do it because you can. And that's the hard part, right? He can. And so we asked the question, God, why aren't you in this moment? And so we gave it some time, and we're showing up to the hospital. And, and every day, my wife and I are like, okay, we're going to continue to pray and just trust God, even though this hurts and we don't like this feeling. And here's what started to happen. All of a sudden, our nurse started to ask questions about God. All of a sudden, our nurse started to see what we were doing, and she started bringing up the conversation. Well, what about God? Because I didn't know this about my life, and what does the word say, and how come you guys are always here, and you seem like you're smiling? That was the grace of God. Because I'm telling you on the inside, we were hurting. But we knew what the Lord could do. And so we were praying there, and she literally told us, I've never seen a couple act the way you're acting in here in this situation. And she started asking all these questions about God. And so here I am saying, God, make it stop. God, just heal my daughter right now. Do this right now. I wanted God to take away the storm in my life, but that storm was leading our own nurse to Christ. See, we don't always see the full picture, do we? God may lead you into a storm to accomplish a greater good in the end. I was praying for healing over my baby girl. And God did perform that. He performed a physical healing over my little girl, but God had two healings in mind. And the other healing was a spiritual healing of this nurse and her relationship with him, that salvation would come to her life. All because even in our midst of pain, we prayed. And we gave glory to God. I'm telling you, sometimes you don't want to go through the storm, but how do you act in the storm? How are you reacting in the storm? Are you led by fear? Are you praying out loud, God, do something? Because I have no strength right now. Let me encourage you with this. So Philippians chapter four, verse 67, don't worry about anything. Do me a favor, look to somebody next to you and say, don't worry. Don't worry. We need to be reminded of that over and over again, right? Don't worry about anything, but instead pray. And ask God everything that you need. What if you prayed more than you worried? 
What if you prayed more and praised God more than you complained? Because a lot of times we're speaking our worry out all over our life. <laughs> like that's the only thing we're going to see. But what if you dare to believe that God can do the impossible and speak that out loud instead and saying, God, I'm not gonna worry. I'm gonna give this to you. You will give me everything that I need. Always giving thanks of what you have. And because you belong to Christ Jesus, listen to this, you ready? God's peace will stand guard over all your thoughts and your feelings. God's peace will stand guard over your thoughts and your feelings. His peace can do far better than our own human minds. So here's what I've learned in my own life. Do not focus so much on the bad feelings, right? Because that's where we get caught up in. We get caught up in our feelings and I don't like how this feels and this is emotional for me right now and this is where we get stressed out. So instead of focusing so much on the bad feelings, instead focus on what you need from God to overcome these feelings by faith. Focus on what God can do in that situation. God, I don't understand, but I know you perform miracles. Do something in me I never thought could happen. Do something in this situation. Make something good come out of this dark moment. I know you can do it because Jesus, when you speak peace, it's commanded upon my life. Peace does not come from the absence of a storm. Peace comes from the authority of Christ. And I started to think about this, okay? Because Jesus, it looks like he just left them. They had no choice. Get in the boat. Go across the Sea of Galilee. Be on your own. And Jesus got the crowd away, and then he went to the mountaintop, right? To do what? To pray. When I was in Israel... All right, they took us to one of the mountains that's close to the Sea of Galilee and all these mountains surround the Sea of Galilee. And this was considered to be a mountain that was where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. Go ahead and show that picture first. Let's show that. It's coming. <laughs> there we go. By the way, I'm not holding a football. That's a Bible. <laughs> when I saw this picture later, I was like, it looks like I'm holding a football. That's the Sea of Galilee. And I'm actually on top of a mountain. Because there's two scriptures that talk about when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, they went up a mountain, but it also talks about flat land. And as we climbed this mountain, guess what? To this point, it was flat on top of the mountain. It was really cool. So both are right, of course. But you can see the entire Sea of Galilee. Now show the video as well. From the mountain view, you can see everything. That's the Sea of Galilee. Let me move over here to see what you see. You see everything. So what did Jesus do? To the disciples, Jesus left them. He said, get in the boat, go across the sea, do your own thing. They couldn't see Jesus. But Jesus went to the mountaintop and he prayed, which means through their storm, Jesus saw them the entire time. He knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly what they were going through and I can prove it by a text out of Mark chapter six, verse 47 through 48. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on land and he saw that they were in serious trouble. Rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves and about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. What did Jesus see? He saw them struggling in the storm. Just because they couldn't see Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus couldn't see them. Just because they couldn't feel God doesn't mean that God wasn't providing and protecting them and guiding them along the way. They had to learn this important lesson. Why? 
Because very soon, Jesus wasn't going to be physically next to them anymore. Now, we know as believers that the Spirit of God lives inside of us. This is the promise that he sent us, that we are never alone. But Jesus was preparing them, listen, right now I'm by your side. And I can command things to happen. This is my authority. But one day you won't see me anymore. But do not think for a second that you are alone. Do not think that I am not with you. I am always with you. John 16, 32 and 33. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone, for the Father is with me. And I've said these things to you so that you may have what? Peace. Peace. In this world, you will have tribulations, but take heart for I have overcome the world. I've already claimed victory and I'm handing this victory over to you. No matter what storm you're facing right now, you may think he's not watching, but he's always watching. The real question is, is what he's trying to teach you. What is the lesson you need to learn right now to mature your faith and help you walk stronger with God? And my last point is this. This is the real revelation I want to show you today I'm excited about. Storms teach you to hear God. So point number three is this. Storms will teach you how to hear God. All right? I loved how Peter asked Jesus for a sign. Have you ever read it? He asked him like this, Matthew 14, 28. He's, Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And again, they thought maybe he was a ghost because it was an Eastern myth that those who drowned in the sea would come back and haunt the sea. Okay, so that's something they actually believed. So Peter's making sure, Lord, if it's you, not a ghost, you know, command me to come. Tell me what to do. Jesus just says, come. <laughs> and that's it. No instructions. Like, think about it. I wonder if Peter was like, well, do, you, do, you, do I put like the right foot first? Like, you want, me to, you want me to jump or you want me to like, okay, all right. And so I imagine Peter, like most of us would be like, all right, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. I can do this. I think I can, right? Focus on Jesus. And then all of a sudden, uh, that wind is getting kind of cold. Or maybe there's something down here that can bite me right now or kill me. Where am I right now? Focus on Jesus. Do it. <laughs> you got distracted. Everything's scary around him. And I started thinking about this. Let me ask you this question. How far did he walk? I think in a lot of shows and movies that we've seen today, it looks like Peter barely walked. Maybe just a few steps, or at least I grew up thinking that. But as I look at the text, I think he actually walked pretty far. Because it says this, it says that the boat was in the middle of the sea. Mark 6, verse 47, late that night, the boat was still in the middle of the lake, okay? And the Sea of Galilee is also considered to be a very large lake. And Jesus, okay, was far enough for them not to see him clearly and think that he was a ghost. Matthew 14, 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And so Peter starts walking to Jesus, right? And the book of John tells us something fascinating to me, that Jesus, first of all, came to him when he told him, save me. Let me say that again. He cried out, save me. And Jesus was immediately there. But the book of John also tells us that when Jesus pulled him out of the water, brought him upon the boat, now they were in the location they were going to. Which means Peter could have walked a good distance to Jesus, okay? Let me show you, John 6, 20 and 21. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. 
and they were glad to take him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. And I started to think, I wonder if he got scared because he was in that lonely place. Maybe he was far from the boat, but he was still far away from Jesus. And now he feels like he's by himself in the middle of the sea with these winds raging. What scared Peter? The wind, right? The wind is what brought the storm. The wind is what he didn't want to be around because the wind was bringing this this ferocious storm that was scaring all of them. They were scared because of the wind, but yet it's still the wind that carried the voice of Jesus to be heard. The storm that they didn't want to go through, the wind that they were scared of, it's the wind that carried the voice of Jesus. And Jesus said, take courage. Do not be afraid. But still, that's not the big revelation. There's four miracles that took place, okay? The first miracle, Jesus walks on water. The second miracle, Peter walks on water. The third miracle, as soon as Jesus got in the boat, what happens to the storm? The water is calm, the storm is calm. Matthew 14, 32, when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. But the greatest miracle is what happens next. This is the one that we miss all the time, all right? The fourth miracle, listen, it's the miracle of worship. Something they didn't do in the last storm. A revelation that now they see Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That Jesus truly can command the winds. He can walk on water. He truly is the Messiah. Because in the first storm, what did they say? Again, they called him rabbi. They called him teacher. Mark 4, verse 4. They said at the end of that miracle, they said, who is this man? And they asked each other that even the winds and the waves obey him. They still didn't understand. And then after this, very soon they saw the miracle of Jesus feeding more than 5,000, right? Because we know that just 5,000 men, but there were more there. And they saw that and they still didn't understand. And then the storm happens after that. But now, because of a storm they didn't want to go through, a storm that made them uncomfortable, a storm that scared them to death, now gave them a revelation that brought salvation into their lives. Matthew 14, 31 through 33. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. He said, you a little faith. Jesus said, why do you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. They no longer asked, who is this man? They worshiped him. And they said, you truly are the son of God. Again, this life-changing revelation was brought by a storm, a storm they did not want to enter. Sometimes God is going to lead you into a storm for a greater good to be accomplished in the end. For a miracle that you need, for your own salvation, for your own healing, your own understanding. So what do you do when you go through a storm and you don't like how it feels? You ask God, what is the lesson I need to learn? What are you trying to teach me? Why are you allowing this in my life? The second thing you need to do is believe that God is shaping your character and maturing your faith. And the last thing you need to do is this. Always remember to worship God in the storm. I'm gonna have you stand right here. Always remember to worship him in the storm. Because even when you feel like you can't see God, God will always see you. He loves you more than you know. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, 
Check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.